What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Tribe of Millionaires podcast from GoBundance. I'm your host, Jamie Gruber. And today's guest, Leslie Ann Morris, is a Smoky Mountain investing maven. She's the cabin lady. Her journey started while she was still earning her MBA at the University of Southern California and working in LA as a commercial banker. For over 20 years, she's helped high-profile clients like SpaceX close a $50 million private equity deal. She applies that same underwriting strategy to building her growing real estate portfolio. And today she shares her playbook to motivate others to do the same while creating truly passive income and short-term rentals. And I'm learning. She's also a TV star and we're going to get into as much as we possibly can. Leslie, welcome. The key to life, it isn't money, it's happiness. And when you measure how happy you are, you actually become even more happy. Our friends at GoBundance, the tribe of millionaires, use a very specific tool to measure their happiness. It's called the Life Happiness Index, and you can have it too. Go over to GoBundance.com LHI and take your Life Happiness Index assessment. You'll rate yourself in multiple categories on exactly how happy you are and get a custom output for you specifically that you can use in developing whatever goals you have for your life. GoBundance is the tribe of healthy, wealthy, generous people who choose to live epic lives. And the tool GoBundance members use at the base of all of that is the Life Happiness Index. Get out there and grab life big. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie, for having me. I'm so excited to do this. So short-term rental, let's let's start here. Smoky Mountains perks my ears up. What I yeah. read is it went from like 1,000 units to 5,000 units in like two years. There's there was the big up and then maybe there's a bit of a dip right now in certain counties in the Smoky Mountains and all of that stuff. What's the status currently of being a Smoky Mountain investor? Is still bullish or are we yeah. bearish? Yeah. Well, we ought to keep in mind when we record and when we air because things are changing rapidly. So mm. I've recorded like a million in one of these podcasts, probably in the hundreds that haven't come out yet. So you'll see the sentiment change based on timeline. But the thing that the message that I get out that is going to be tried and true forever is know your numbers, sharpen your pencil on underwriting and don't just buy the emotional cabin, which was my early deals. But no, right now we are in a what summer of 23. We're in August. So we are starting to see some price dropping. We are starting to see some people selling that bought in the last couple of years that did not do their underwriting correctly. They are underwater. They're in the red. They're self-managing. I own several and many companies companies in the Smokies. One of them, we do ROI consultations. I've been saying we do that for free, but now that this is happening, it's probably not going to be free much longer. But if you're in the GoBundance world you know, and you own Smoky Cabins and you, you want to chat, feel free to jump on my calendar. But I'll tell you what's happening and why. We had a lot of players in the industry toting self-management, self-management, self-management. Short-term rentals are not an asset class. This is just single-family homes, and you can slap on whatever kind of lease you want. You can do overnight rentals, which is what I'm in. I do 14 nights and less, but it, I'm passive. I own a property management company. We're boutique and small and not trying to grow fast. So if you're going to get into short-term rentals and you you haven't already, or maybe you are like, Try to be passive in the game. You want a 10x, 100x, whatever Grant Cardone is spitting these days about scale. That's really what you want to be doing. That's what I did. That's how I got to double digits and exited my job so, so quickly. I could have exited that banking job in about 18 months, but my identity was truly wrapped up in being a banker. And how could I not brag anymore that SpaceX is my client if, if I leave banking? So it took me a little bit longer to mentally get ready for that. There's presentation I gave to Nashville, um, a GoBundance meetup we did here, talking through all of that and what it looks like. But I would say right now, if you want to get in the Smoky Mountains, now's the time because you're going to be getting in when people are fearfully exiting. 
Not everybody. And to your earlier point, we have about 17,000 units. And this is as of last year. Building is happening a lot. But I'll tell you too, and I will shut up and let you ask another question soon. But Smoky Mountains is home of Dolly Parton. So it's hugely known for that. There's tons of whiskey moonshine distilleries. Um, heavily touristed because of Great Smoky Mountains National Park. If you Google visitation for the park, and I believe it's on one of my websites, which I'm happy to give the website handles for later, but basically Smoky Mountains is the number one national park, so it's the number one vacation market. And the three parks behind it, I couldn't even tell you the other two, but Grand Canyon's one of them. If you add the numbers up for those three, it still doesn't beat the Smokies. So if you're there, if you do your underwriting correctly or and or you buy and hold and you weather the storm, you are going to be there to stay. And the storm, if anybody's seen in the news, there was like some guy from quoting something to try to viralize his, you know, virality for his company he was trying to do. But he quoted a source from all the rooms. And I've never heard of that company. I look at rental projections from key data. We do look at AirDNA. I know the CEO there. And then we also look at just what local competition is doing and how the portfolio has performed. And we did see a drop summer over summer. You got to keep in mind we're out of COVID now. So back to school, graduation, like people are not just sheltering in place, working from a cabin in the mountains. So we're getting back to normal. We're still higher than normal. I don't think we'll ever be back to normal. But there are, you know, investors that bought high thinking it was going to be this like easy money grab. And it's just not the case. You can't just throw um, a stick against the wall and see if it sticks anymore. You really have to sharpen your pencil on underwriting. And then you need to make sure that, you know, you, if it's brand new cabin, you don't need maybe maintenance CapEx, but you do need to have a component for property management. And it can be expensive in the Smokies because we know we know the game. <laughs> oh, so God. that's like my quick download on that. And I'm happy to just if you want to go back and dive in deeper on any of those topics, I'm happy to do that too. Well, we'll get back to management in a little bit. But one thing you mentioned I wanted to dive into a bit is you mentioned the first purchase you made, or at least this is what I took from it, was maybe more of like an emotional, yay, I got a cabin in the Smoky yes. Mountains purchase. At what point was the tipping point for you of saying, oh, this is a business. This is actually really profitable. And you know, when I get my head around it, I could quit my job. Like, What was that? What was the purchase? What was the moment? What was the thing that did that for you? It was actually right away. So I'll I'll rewind back to banking. It was 2019. I was working on a master's at USC, Southern California there. And I was like, how am I going to jump these rungs to be in the C-suite and make all this money that everyone else is making? I feel like I have the knowledge to do it. So I started that master's. But at the same time, as soon as I got in, I met, you know, 75 other people that kind of thought and acted like me. And I started networking with the ones that were entrepreneurial minded and it kind of unlocked something in me. So I've always been like a bit of a serial entrepreneur, even as a young child. So I thought, why don't I just start investing in real estate? And it it, it was coincidental that it was at the same time. But I honestly think that just being elevated and getting into that program, like, whoa, I was accepted to this. So before we even started the program, I was under contract on something else. It was just like this house in Ohio, just a single family. I actually decided because I had a lifestyle where I like to travel. So I'd spend like every dollar I owned. I've been all over the world, 45 countries, a lot of them twice. And I stayed in a lot of cabins, Iceland, Finland, Alaska, you name it. I've been in a cabin there. And so then I was thinking, what if instead of getting something where somebody like this guy basically changes his mind in the middle of the night, decided not to sell his home? I'm like, what if my tenant changes their mind in the middle of the night and decides not to sell their home? 
And then I have this thing in Ohio and I'm down here in Los Angeles. And so then I pivoted literally from like a Google search. I found the Smoky Mountains. I knew nothing of the area. I stayed in, booked on Airbnb myself, like as a traveler, like when I went to Norway and Finland, we booked through Airbnb. But I wasn't even thinking about that at the time. I honestly was just like, what if I bought a cabin and it was like a vacation home for me I could go travel in because I was seeing the writing on the wall with doing a master's like I was not going to have time to go overseas. And then I was like, but what if I could book it and it could break even and then I just have this free vacation home? So that was how I got started. It was very emotional, even though like for my clients at the bank, I did like really large debt structures. I know every kind of underwriting you can ever imagine you name it, strip mall, multifamily, private jet, like whatever my clients would want, that's what I did. I, at the top of my career, did a $50 million private equity deal. And believe it or not, it was in Eastern Tennessee, not even LA. The capacity that I worked with SpaceX was I was a receivables and payables like analyst. So when they were working on Starlink, I was the banker that was like strategizing on payments, receivables, payables, how do you speed up and slow down to create these working capital efficiencies so that this business could take off for them? So I know a lot about how to run a business. So then all of that kind of coupled together really beautifully. And so I just, you know, one step back, I put that thing on Airbnb only. I didn't even list it all over where you can. I, I'm all over now through my company I own. But I just said, let's just see. I was like, what would we be willing to pay per night? Like maybe like 180 bucks per night. I was married at the time. So, you know, him and I were kind of strategizing on this. Today, he's the GM for my property management company. And it's called Josh's Cabins. So you can look that up. But so we just were like, okay, 180 bucks a night. That's totally something that we would be willing to spend, you know, for something that's of this category. We've spent a lot more on vacations and also a lot less. It's just dictating the accommodation level. So we put it on Airbnb. This would have been, we closed at the end of September 2019. And then we put it on Airbnb. And I will say, like, we didn't realize then that October is like a really high season for them. It's the changing of the leaves. So it's really beautiful. And this place had this, like, panoramic view. So if you go on joshescabins.com, it's, it's called Azure Heights Lodge. That's the first cabin I ever bought. About half of those cabins in that program are owned by me. And the other 10 are the company that I'm currently scaling. But so anyway, it just went nuts. It was like booking, booking, booking left and right. Like our phones were just like pinging, pinging, pinging with Airbnb. And we were like dollar signs in our eyes and we couldn't believe it was happening. And so the cool part is I had taken, I had closed an IRA from some other, I don't even know what job it had been because most of my career was US bank. I had a brief stint with Wells Fargo. So maybe it was with them, but it was 60 grand. It was nothing. I was actually going to use 60 grand to just take down a deal cash in Ohio. That was my mindset, just to not think about the leverage and just learn the game and get the cash flow, right? Even though today I don't do my deals that way, obviously, I learned fast. So I used 30 grand to buy that first cabin because it was only 309,000. And so I still had another 30 grand in the pocket to play with. I used credit cards on that cabin to upgrade furnishings and do projects so that I could use that 30 grand to buy the second one. And I bought it a month later and it's now my primary residence, but it still gets rented on Airbnb when I'm in other zip codes. I have, I kind of bounce around and don't live in one spot. So that's the story. So then the next year I bought five and then the next year I bought five. And I'll tell you, Jamie, like every dollar I've ever made in real estate has gone straight back into the property. 
I, when I quit my job, created a bunch of other companies so that this could be generational wealth building, which is what I speak on at conferences and coach women through the nonprofit that I'm building. Right now, it's called 1,000 Women Millionaires, but I have to make sure that that's what it's going to be called as I move forward into like formalizing that. But today, I look at two metrics. They're net operating income and cash on cash. If any of your listeners are not in real estate investing, those are super easy to Google. You can also go on my YouTube. I did an hour, 45-minute hour-long class. And I'm building template from scratch on my computer. It's literally a napkin deal. I mean, it's super basic. So single family, you don't need cap rate. That's overkill. Anytime I hear one of my investor friends mention cap rate, I snicker. I'm like, you actually don't really know. You actually don't really know real estate investing or debt at all. Because it's not, you know, that's a metric we use in commercial, you know, large debt structure. Sure. So, but it's fun. It's fun and I love it. And I get to stay in a lot of cool cabins. <laughs> that's true. When When did you decide to... Or how did you decide or what, how was it decided for you to become a bit of a brand in, in all of this? What, when did the cabin lady become a thing? Yeah. So I, like I said, 18 months, I realized I was a millionaire. I then, I made great money in banking. I had a huge salary. I drew, drove a really nice car. I had went on lavish vacations. You know, my biggest regret is not saving up for travel. So I've done my life backwards. So now I'm like, I'm going to get somebody's cheap. I'm in somebody's cheap condo right now that I pay like two grand a month for and all my money is just going into other stuff I'm building. It's pretty awesome. But so it would have been, so 18 months, I realized somebody, I saw somebody post that they were a millionaire and I was like, if you're a millionaire, then I probably am too. And I just didn't know my numbers. Like in GoBundance, we teach that now. So it's great. But I knew personal financial statements. I collected those for my clients and I had one myself, but I guess I just wasn't thinking in those terms exactly like that. So when I realized that, I thought I need to get out of this because my net, my net cash flow, like I was making five times the amount of my bank salary in just in 18 months off of these cabins. It was insane. And, and you know, my mother, I love her to death, but she was like, don't quit your job. Don't quit your job. Don't quit your job. Not really understanding what it was I built because they owned just their home and they're serial entrepreneurs as well. Not serial, but mostly just like they left their nine to fives and created roles for themselves. But they're if you read Cashflow Quadrant by our BFF, Robert Kiyosaki, like, you know, they're still on that left side of it. So they don't get the mindset of what I'm doing. I'm I'm blowing their minds. So 18 months was when I was like, okay, I'm ready to get out of this. But I'd signed a contract with the bank I was with. And mentally, I couldn't feel like I, it was like, well, they'd given me this huge signing bonus to get me from US Bank and I used it to buy a property. So in my mind, I was like, okay, now even though, you know, I have the cash to just buy out the contract and leave, you know, I was trying to be smart about it. And I had clients that love me. They still will call me today. I have one of them. I'm going to be hustling him for some money for this other thing I'm working on. But so then I started talking to my boss and she knew because when I had the conversation with her about where I was headed, she's like a powerful woman in, in banking. And I actually motivated her to start investing in real estate too while I was there, which was really cool. But so anyway, she said, no, you told me that you're a real estate mogul and you're headed out of here. And I'm like, I don't really ever remember saying those words. That doesn't sound like something that I would say, but it sounds like probably I did. So then I set the writing on the wall and that was would have been that 18 month time frame. I would have still been with US Bank. So it was really like the first six months of this new job. Like as soon as I got to Tennessee, because I took that when they headhunted me, I had, that moved me 45 minutes from my cabins, which was really coincidental, right? And then... I just told her like, you know, I'm headed out. And so we, I said, let me stay the two years I agreed to. And 
I barely made it to the two years. I had like a major health problem. I had to be, you know, on disability. And so then I just basically didn't come back from disability. So September 2022, I actually quit the job. It hasn't even been a year yet. And I've created all these things from bed rest while I had this major surgery. So I created an agent team. It's called Invest in the Smoky Mountains. And I've just started to hire other agents, create that company really, really large so that I can be mostly passive. So I do things like this. I love to speak. I write for Forbes. I'm on their business council. I just flew to New York to do Fox Business. They wanted to hear my story. So if you Google my name, my full name, Leslie Ann with an E Morris, you're going to get a million and one pages of everything I've ever done. You might be able to find the banking stuff, but so just stuff like this is bringing me a lot of success and changing my life. So I have that. That's will help you buy a cabin. I have investor agents that'll coach on what to do, what to look for. And I'm leading that team. And then the Josh's cabins, I honestly created that so that I could step out of, you know, self-management, which is why I tout passive investing. And then I have a book coming out in October. It is the playbook for how to do what I've done. It's going to be just the cheapy thing on Amazon. I just am telling the story so much. It needs to just be out there. Forbes wanted to publish it for me, which was really cool. But I just felt like I wanted to help out one of my friends with a new publishing company. So I'm doing it that way for a reason. But they also wanted me to make it longer. And I have nothing more to say. It's a simple freaking process and anybody can do it. If you read the information and you're able to be, you know, an integrator, you got this. You can do it. So then all this is happening. I quit the job. And then now I just ordered these business cards because I'm working on a TV show. So it's the cabin lady. You can find this. It's on YouTube. I actually did a YouTube last night telling everything I've ever done from childhood to now. That's free on YouTube. You can go check it out. But yeah, so the cabin lady, I started using the branding on a podcast I did with Matt Faircloth, if you know him. Multifamily. Hi, Matt. He's he's awesome. I don't think he's in GoBundance, but his wife is, so he must be. Matt is. Matt is, yeah. Yeah. So Matt was the first one to use the cabin lady, and there's a cute graphic that he made. I had, at that time, been working with a media company that came up with different branding, and I didn't like it, so this I came up with myself. And it's kind of just gone crazy, out of control, and there's a ton more stuff coming in regards to that. But I do miss banking. Even just recently, I'll say for all the women listening, like I had true imposter syndrome even just recently. And I coach on that through the nonprofit that I'm leading now. And I was like, maybe I should apply for a job and go back. You know, what if, what if, you know what we we do to ourselves mentally? Even I am doing that now. And I actually did not talk to them, but I actually like favorited a job in LinkedIn and was like contemplating like, filling out a full application and doing it. And I think I may have actually did it because I know they called me, but I was like, what are you doing? Like everything is working out so well. But I was like, they have the exact job that I know how to do. And it's almost my same one I've done in a market where they could use help. And I'm like, you don't have time to do that. What are you thinking? Yeah. What was happening at the time that you decided, was it a cash flow crunch, something going wrong in the business? No, it was literally just like, I think the identity thing, honestly. Yeah, no, that's all good. Yeah, I have like some mindset work that I've done. Some of the women in GoBundance gave me information about a money mindset coach that I hired recently. So yeah, that could be part of it. Definitely like thinking of, you know, where I I come from really humble background. I'm from very rural Northern California. 
to, to two parents. Like I said, they were in these horrible nine to five jobs. Actually, my mother was a stay at home mother most of the time, but then she helped the lunch lady serve lunches and she started cleaning the school. And then the post office was like, do you want to clean the post office? So she was like, sure. And now she's, you know, she's still in it, the only one working, but she's catapulted to like high net worth in the area, doctors, lawyers. And I help her strategize on raising her rates every year. And then my father, he was working in a sawmill. My grandmother pulled green, ch green chain and this Google what that is. It's crazy. And then even my first husband, he was working in a sawmill too. So I was from this little town where I'm from. And then my father, he's, you know, he's got the same sort of mind that I have. He always told me, you know, follow your dreams. You can achieve anything you put your mind to. And then my mother, she's like, you know, work ethic, work ethic. And so out of those two things built this life for me of who I am, like my basis. And I've just been a hustler since I was little. I had like all a million and one businesses and they all made money. Actually, like I'll tell you the story I told somebody last night. I had babysitting jobs where they were like $5 per hour. And I said, negotiated $5 per kid. So I made a lot more than other babysitters. I was CPR certified intentionally to be a higher net worth babysitter. I had this idea to make these little like, I don't have one on, but I'd make these little bracelets. And I started making the bracelets and putting like names of popular pop singers. Like when Hanson was popular, I put Hanson on it and I'd sell them on eBay. This was all just from my 1998 computer. So I always had a ton of money. I could do whatever I wanted. My father, his karate school, he ended up going out of sawmill, opening a martial arts studio. It was his side hustle. So as a little girl, I helped him with his karate school. I had an idea for, you know, like Girl Scout badges. We had these white plain geese. I'm like, you know, what would be so fun for the kids is if we ordered ba like badges and you sewed them on whenever they learned like a kick or a punch or whatever it is. And it's this is in karate schools like all over the nation now. So I've been doing this my entire life and I just can't stop. <laughs> so I have more stuff I'm doing that I can't even talk about. It's it's a lot of the TV stuff, but I just got approached by some stuff. Some of it's pay to play where I've paid to do it to get my name out. And some of it they're paying me and it's all marketing budget strategy based. I have a media course that I just launched just very recently that people can take where I, if you want to blow up your brand, like I can sell it to you or we can barter if you want to do it for free. There's tons of ways to skin the cat. And I'm going to get that out there into the world for how I built a brand. But there's just, you know, I'm trying to be passive like all of us, but still have like a really high quality of life. I'm right in the crux of it right now, though, Jamie, to where like, Sleep is sacred. Water is sacred. Food is sacred. And I'm just learning how important that is. Yeah. Really, really, really key. But I'm like coming out and replacing myself right now from some of the stuff that everyone knows me for. But Cabin Lady's here to stay and it's pretty exciting. <laughs> so let me ask this. So you've got your portfolio and your business as a short term rental real estate yeah. investor. You've yeah. got your brand, TV show, Forbes, book, all of that. If, There's other stuff. This is just what I'm talking about. Today. Sure. <laughs> but between those two things, kind of brand and portfolio, if I give yeah. you $100 million today and I told you you have to choose one or the other, go down the route of building your brand or continue to build your portfolio. You can't do both. Which one portfolio. do you do? Really? Why? Because I'm, I have other strategies to build my brand with no money, <laughs> which is the media course. Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I give you all the secrets. You got to pay for it. 
but I'm doing a mastermind through that too. I, this is not a free, this is not a plug, but because I know I get a lot of calls. I don't really answer my phone and I'm the worst texter and emailer in the world, but I am going to do a mastermind where I am giving like an hour a month, one-on-one to copy what I've done. It's really exciting. A lot of people are coming to me. I basically did this thing last night on Zoom and recorded it. So it will be on YouTube and I can share the link with you. Somebody can go here exactly what exactly a little bit more de- you know you're getting a lot of the detail but a little bit more detail a little bit more detail on media course and a little bit more detail on what i'm doing and why but basically i just keep getting asked all the time and so i'm trying to it's sure it'll i'll make money it'll be monetized but let people have access to me through that means is going to be really key but 100 million dollars too like you could do a lot of good in the world i probably would put some of that into that nonprofit and think of like a really great strategy. I want to bolt on martial arts to that nonprofit that I have. I've had this idea a while back of just like going into places and teach. I'm a black belt. I can break bricks. We almost trialed for the Olympics. Like I'm a high achiever in every aspect of life. I can do double nunchucks. I I don't sit here and practice anymore. So if you see me just first grab them when you beat me, I'll drop them a couple times. But there's video out there somewhere of me doing that. Bow Staff was my favorite weapon. Karate Kid is my jam. Like, I've yeah. seen every karate movie. Muay Thai. I've been to Thailand and seen Muay Thai fighting. I've had the blood splatter on me. Like, I love AMA. Like, all of that. I have, I'm a weapons connoisseur. I have a huge collection. I'm the most interesting person you'll ever meet. <laughs> I guess so. so. I want to talk about, yeah, the, the reason that I'm so passionate about women's empowerment yeah. that a lot of people don't really know is because as a young, young girl, I would go into women's shelters with my father and my sister. She's about five years younger than me. She has three kids. She's she's really successful too. She owns her own house free and clear and works in one of my companies. But she, but so we would go into these shelters and we would teach women not just self-protection, but self-confidence. And I'm telling you, Jamie, it was sad. Like some of them would have bruises, you know, on their faces when they would come. And as a child seeing that, I was like, always fearful of protection. Like I want to make sure I'm protected. That could be really where some of the money mindset stuff is coming from. I'm just hearing myself say it right now, but just being there for these women. And that was like a huge part of me. And so when I started hearing about, you know, I'm of course always known, you know, me too. And all this, I've always known feminism, everything where women are, you know, a few steps behind and whatever, fine. It's the case. It's the case. We're working to change it. But when I learned at Liz's con- Liz and Amandressa's conference, invest her about the statistic that, you know, a third of all wi- all real estate investors are women. I approached Forbes with that and I was like, hey, could I write something for you? Like I'm working to create, you know, at that time I didn't know I would create a nonprofit, but I was like, what could this be? What could it look like? And they were like, yeah, I was already, a- they already approached me for business council. So I already was on that. And then what did they say? Like they wanted really hard statistics on where that information came from. And I'm like, well, I heard it at this conference. They were like, no. So I went deep into the weeds. You can Google Leslie Ann Morris Forbes. You'll find the article. You can read it. But it's actually was like 31.9% according to Zipia. And so I went to MFINCON where I spoke on the main stage about this topic. I'm speaking again in Austin in just a couple of weeks, SDR Growth Summit, if anybody needs I have a link where you can register for that. It's all short-term rental. It's a good conference. It's like a VIP, three, 300, small crowd. So I went there and talked about it. And when I got off the stage, somebody approached me and was like, you know, I think Zipia 
their statistic is actually also counting women that work in the real estate industry. So they could be administrative in nature and not investors. And I was like, holy shit, this is a problem. So it's less than a third. And I don't know why. In the article, I cite things like imposter syndrome, which I know I suffer from still a little bit, you know, ego. I have an ego. Sure. I've done amazing things. I'm proud of myself. But not everybody has the upbringing that I have. You know, I was very lucky to have two different parents that just stroke, you know, made me drive to success. But yeah, so I don't know. That's that's it in a nutshell. And that's really what I'm focused on now. But I'd like to pivot from what I've been known for in the 1000 Women Millionaires. There's a Facebook group, but I really want to pivot or not pivot, but like add in these additional things. So I've got the martial arts stuff where we could do some some coach some actual like physical stuff and and that's self-confidence keeping your head up keeping your wits about you when you're in public what to do if your car breaks down on the side of the road and you're alone and you're a woman and that sort of thing but then i want to add a third pinnacle to it as well which is going to be heavily focused on i just lost my whole train of thought because i looked at your microphone financial literacy financial literacy because of my banking background. So I started as a teller, even though I had, you know, I graduated with honors with a bachelor's degree. I did some time at which what is now a Cal Poly in Northern California, Humboldt State University is what it was called at the time. That's where I'm from. But so, yeah, I mean, I want to bolt on not just real estate investing, because I think I learned after leaving banking and then going like, I'm a real estate investor now, like that's not all I want to be known for. And as the market shifts and changes, you can't pigeonhole yourself into this one thing. So now I really want to focus on like, all you is the word holistic? It's not holistic. It's like like a collaborative approach, a holistic collaborative approach to this thing so that it actually makes a huge difference. So I'm going to be coming for some of your GoBundance people for a board on this as I work through nonprofit paperwork. I'm already saying it's a nonprofit because I'm a visualizer, a visionary, it's happening. So yeah, I think this is a huge thing that GoBundance can really get behind and elevate like a lot of what we're doing. There's probably other ideas that people will have as they come on and join me and maybe leaning on their background or their business expertise of what it could look like. But it is really going to be a differentiator as we move forward. You know, Me Too or whatever, you know, you know, that made a lot of changes. That was great. And we got heard a lot about it. And then e- even after a while, I was sick of hearing about it. I was like, we I, we just want to be equals like we don't need to keep like having doors open for us but it is nice if you're trying to take me on a date let's be honest but yeah i'm not i'm not yeah. single i do have a boyfriend but i'm open to partnerships that's funny <laughs> we have like something in go abundance we're doing that's like based on like trying to date in your tribe so i missed the boat on it unfortunately i met somebody but there you go anyway i'm i'm fun i could talk forever but that's like a big a big portion of what now you know what's what what struck me in all of what you said and this is going back to my corporate career i remember this and it was i think there is either a study done or whatever but women tend to want to have like deep knowledge before they dare you know take the next step generally generally speaking (laughs) right Men are like, screw it, let's go, fuck it. I'm, I, I, I got two months of experience, and I'm ready to go to the next level. And I think it's that 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 oh. could be to what, yeah. Because honestly, my parents, this has nothing to do with anything other than it's just funny because I said it to somebody the other day. I was gonna be Ryan. They thought I was gonna be a boy until <laughs> like right up until not when I was born, but like a few months before. And then I was gonna be like a Kelly or something. And then they had on the TV General Hospital with Leslie Weber, but my name is Leslie, not Leslie. 
So then I ended up being Leslie. And so maybe, yeah, like I'm just wired different. I know my brain works differently. I was in a study when I was little about how my mind perceives and learns. I'll give you like a tidbit, but I won't tell you all the things because they're a little weird. But like when I was little, instead of learning, like I had not instead of learning, but just the way that I interpreted the data took a little bit longer. But when I did learn it, it was like I would associate colors to numbers and letters And then also like the days of the week and the months in the calendar, I learned them in the shape of a circle. So that'll just give you an idea. Like my brain works completely differently than everybody else. And so even now, still, when I'm thinking about the year, it's it's well, it's more like an oval the way I have the year laid out in my mind and it's not season based. So I'm a little bit different. (laughs) Well, this was a little bit different if I heard right. Your your ex-husband is Josh and he runs a business that you're still partners in. How... We're not partners, actually. He's an at-will employee. Oh, my goodness. So he's an employee of yours at will working for you, his ex-wife. Go on. How does that work? Want me to tell you even more? That gets even weirder? Hit me. Hit me. Yeah. Who's who's your listening audience? Where does this go? (laughs) Oh, gosh. It's uh, we get a few thousand per episode. Men, mostly men. But yeah. Okay. His girlfriend, his significant other that he's been with since we separated is my number one. Is your number one? What do you mean? Your number one? Your your my like, number one life's... employee. Why wow. right hand? My number one employee. Was she or did she my cabins? Yeah, that she was before they like you were. No, no, no. I'll I'll rewind it back and give you everything. I have no. I talk about everything. Maybe I love it. Already. Hey, yeah. sure. So when we were we were together a long time, like about sixteen years, and it was kind of like what I needed at the time. I came from like an emotionally abusive relationship. I know. Uh, being a strong woman, some guy beat me down. It was really, really bad. Before that, I was married a first time, which was just like a rush. Like I just wanted to get out of my mother's house and he was military. So we had to live together or be married to live together off base. So that was like nine months annulment. And then I met this other guy who, again, did a huge number on me. I'm just realizing like some of what happened in that framed how I am. And I'm starting to do work to to delete it, which has been great, which has been probably what's causing doors to fly open even faster right now, to be honest. And then I met Josh. It's funny because I met Josh in Northern California, where I'm from. So I did a couple years of undergrad in Colorado. And then when I moved home after I graduated with honors, I was magna cum laude. That was a private school, National American University, one of the only private schools that's fully accredited in the state of Colorado. I did a ton of research on that. And it was mostly for military people, which is funny because by the time I enrolled in that, I wasn't with him anymore. So then I moved home and I lived with my parents for a while. And then I went out and got my own place. And then I met Josh and he was exactly what I needed. It was great. And together we started to build, build dream. We started to accomplish dreams together. So we bought our first home in 2011. And I was like, gung ho, gung ho. He's more introverted and quiet. And he's the integrator guy for my visionary. And I'm like, we need to flip this thing because it's gross and it could be way better. And so we would live and flip two years, two years, two years. And we, we get better, 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 bigger homes with the with the pocket change we'd make from it. We made 50 on the first, 100 on the second. And when I sold the home in Los Angeles, I made like 300 grand and I bought three houses with that cash, like a structured leverage on it. But I guess it just kind of happened. Our divorce happened when I started to go to USC. My mind kind of unlocked and opened and I started to become someone different. I started to become who I always was. And he, it just didn't, work too well. And so I started getting these feelings that of, you know, 
seeing other things that were interesting. And he started just being even more quieter. And I was like louder. And I didn't see, the, didn't totally see the writing on the wall, but I moved, uh, we'd lived apart before to get ahead. Like I took a job in Sacramento from, I was living in Arcata with US Bank. And then he stayed there and he was again working in a sawmill at the time. And he made really good money. He was like the head of purchasing and he was the head of like, he's bilingual. So he had a lot of skills that a lot of people appreciated. We're still best friends. I still love the guy always. I mean, we have love, we'll have love for one another forever. I also love his girlfriend now. She's one of my best friends. I have a weird life. So my new boyfriend's going to meet them. It's going to be great. But so anyway, so then he moved to Sacramento like three months later. So we've lived apart before. It wasn't weird. And then when we were in LA and we were getting ready to head to the South, he was like, why don't I just stay in one of the cabins and start, you know, being more hands-on with projects? And I love that idea. And so we, for a while, were like going back and forth and living apart. And then ultimately, you know, we divorced <laughs> seriously like valentine's day when we had this and it was hard for like five days i cried and was pretty pretty shook about it just because you know you are with someone for 16 years and you know it wasn't like we had you know it was just weird it's hard to explain but i knew in that moment as soon as we had that discussion that it was the right thing i felt like something lifted off of my shoulders and i started to immediately stand taller it was like a brick lifted and i knew that i would be okay and i would find you know what what was coming next and I dated for like three years and it was really really hard and I couldn't find anybody on my level I've dated all ages all walks of life all income levels and it was like really a nightmare I have like some crazy dating stories for any women that want to like hook up at the next event and talk about it but I kind of at a point just decided to stop and then I met like the love of my life and he's also in vacation rentals and he also hates being the active managing property so we're working on some stuff with him right now to make a pivot. But I think you asked me that to see how the working relationship is going. So what we did in the divorce documents is, you know, I was the financial head. He ended up like quitting his job at one point to like follow my career. And so I was the only the sole income provider for the family for a while. And he, you know, helped with we didn't have kids, but just dogs. And he would keep the house for me and kind of make sure that I ate when I was really busy. And we had business other businesses together and stuff that were highly successful and he was more like the integrator to my visionary and then i guess it was like when we were talking about how everything was so heavily leveraged how are we going to divorce and split it it wasn't going to be possible and plus it was my money that bought everything and just like he had maybe like 50 grand in one deal and he really just wanted to be you know taken care of for the rest of his life to be honest and so i hope he doesn't hear any of this because he's going to kill me but I just said, why don't you just stay in one of my houses and I'll pay for it. And if and when you get to the point that you can afford to buy it out, then you can buy it out. And I'm like, honestly, I'm going to have to liquidate everything, all of our holdings and everything. You know, my name was only on the deed for everything. And he's like, no, this is all yours. You built all this. He's like, just give me a job. Like, let me just keep doing the management on the cabins and I'll be happy. And it hasn't been easy. I'll be really honest. It was really freaking tough, really fucking tough for a while just because it wasn't like the romance part was immediately gone so i didn't care that you know he had a girlfriend living there in fact i was like i'd love to meet her one day like i'm different my mind works very differently um and so yeah and so he just stayed on in this job and you know it's been really good and he honestly is still doing living flips for me like i'll buy a house and they'll go live in it for a while and flip it and they just finished one so they're moving into a different one right now and I pay them handsomely to help me and do this. And they hire crews for me. And 
I pay him. I in our divorce decree, there was an agreed upon salary, although everything does say at will because I didn't want to be in a situation where I was stuck with him forever. Although I think deep down inside, even if it wouldn't have worked, I am stuck with him because I'm not going to leave him high and dry and I don't want to sell everything I own to get him out of my life. We work really well together. And my new boyfriend, his name's Daniel, he is still, you know, well, he's seeing me do all this and we don't talk on the phone all day. We hardly ever see one another face to face, but it's like you have to have an open mind to live a different kind of life and be successful. So then he got this girlfriend. She was a manager at a Starbucks in an airport, really high functioning. And she is like, I'm like, you realize that you're now with a mini me that's smarter than I was at that age and you're fucked. So it's pretty like a funny conversation. But yeah, so it's working well. She started cleaning cabins and I didn't know that because that's contracted out. And then he was like, could you offer her a job? Because I was having them move like to Florida. I held something there for a while in Alabama. And he's like, she, if you want her to come with me, like she can help. She can do these things. She can do social media, whatever you want. And so that's been what we've done. And ever since then, I said, you know what? I'm keeping it all in the family unless somebody proves trust with me in a partnership. I won't partner with anybody because, you know, partnerships blow up in your face and get screwed. So I have a way to prove trust with people. And if you prove prove trust to me, then I will let you in. And you you got to be careful of who you let in because it can blow up in your face. I've had to fire several people and or, and or sever stuff. So that's, you know, it's hard to earn my trust and, and get my attention, to be honest. But I have a lot of family. I have some of Josh's extended family works in my company. My sister works in my company. Oh, wow. I one day will retire my mother and father and move them to Tennessee. I have cabins I've bought that have their names on them that I won't sell. So I have like a, just a big strategy that I'm slowly working towards. And I've told you my entire life story. I've no secrets. That's amazing. <laughs> well, it's a good pivot point, actually. Let's dive over to some GoBundance-specific <laughs> questions. Why did you say all that? <laughs> no, no, it's great. So we have six pillars in GoBundance. There's bucket list adventure, horizontal income slash financial freedom, age-defying health, genuine contribution, authentic relationship, and accountability. In which of those six would you say you are crushing it? Oh, list them all again and let me now go through this list. <laughs> Bucket list adventure, financial freedom, horizontal income, age-defying health, genuine contribution, authentic relationships, and extreme accountability. The last three. I couldn't, I'd, I couldn't even, the last three. Contribution, and, relationships, and accountability. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't pick financial freedom because all of my properties are not free and clear. Yeah. I, I will feel like I'm there when that happens, to be honest, just with what I've said, with mindset and money. Makes Obviously, authentic relationships. If you're a friend of mine, you know too much. <laughs> Everybody's my friend now, apparently. And then, yeah, bucket list. I mean, I feel like I've already lived bucket list. I mean, I'll tell you where five countries. But, yeah. Yeah. 45 countries, a lot of them twice. Iceland was the favorite. I don't have a desire to travel overseas. I don't really have that desire right at the moment. I'll do some local weekend or trips here that are really fun. Sure. And then, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I still have a lot of other stuff that I'm working on that I don't talk about. But my life is is really an open book. I'm working on an autobiography of it. There's way more to the story. Like you're hearing what I think is going to help women and go abundance and maybe men too. But there's some some tribe had a lot of trauma that I've lived through, even as a strong woman, that is going to go into the book. I'm going to tell every single part of my health journey I've gone through. And that stuff I won't talk about because I'm still working through it. So even though you heard a lot and you got all my dirty gossip on my weird setup, 
it works. And clients to Josh's cabins, they do most. I mean, if I'm involved in it, they know that he's, but he would never say he's very hush lip, but it's pretty awesome and it works. And it's almost like one of those situations where if you're going through a divorce, if there's parts of the relationship that you really enjoy, why would you just just delete all the rest and keep those parts? That's fair. You got to have a cool person coming in. You got to yeah. have, you know, like his girlfriend and my boyfriend. You got to have cool people coming in that understand, not cool, but like they get why and they see the benefit. And that's not, that's like, if you think about like even what I'm doing with real estate where, you know, I've got good amount of equity and everything and I'm selling off stuff that doesn't, isn't cash flowing, all that. It's non-conventional wisdom for sure. It's not something that this culture has, but because I've been all over the world, I know a lot of other cultures. I don't speak any other languages, but I take the time before I went somewhere. Every time I would learn the culture, I would read everything. If your listeners want to go to the CIA World Factbook, that's going to give you way more than you ever wanted to know about where you're traveling. And you should be doing that anyway if you're going overseas, particularly if you're a woman and alone. It's going to give you all the alerts. If it's like a red, yellow, or green, if you should be traveling there in the first place, what the local scams are how you could get robbed, you know, all of that, how you get extradited or whatever the term is, if you like need to be hella backed out by the government. I do do a lot of research into what I'm doing if it involves a potential loss, you know, mm-hmm. money or, and this is a learned, a learned trait. So yeah, I don't know. I think in doing that, there's a section on the fact book that's talking about cultural norms. And then I'll just Google down in really deeply to figure out what it is. And I'll also look at like, you know, obviously basic easy stuff, like what sort of plug-in adapter you need, you know, yeah, sure. what's their GDP, you know, what's their local import and export. And then I'm constantly looking for business opportunity while I'm there. So I have a million and one businesses in a folder on my computer that could go at any time. For my master's degree, I did a case study I don't think it was the capstone, but I'll say it was right by the capstone for, I did the executive MBA. I was class 35, I believe. I just graduated in 21. So if there are any Trojans, go Trojans. But that opened my mind to possibility too, because there was a business plan that I wrote that could be bigger than Uber that I have not executed yet that has to do with banking. So if anybody has money, they want to throw at something, it's going to need VC and private capital. I don't have time for it. It would probably make way more money than everything else I'm doing right now. But I am passionate and I did two books. This is how passionate I am. I get approached all the time. I co-authored Hospitable Host 2. Sure. That's Amazon bestseller. I have a chapter. It does tell a little bit of the story of Josh and I. It does say he's my ex-husband. Um, Very concise version of what I just told. But this was fun. There's other GoBundance members in here as well. I think Avery Carl is one of them. And then I have a Vacation Rental Secrets. This just came out a few days ago. My friend is the CEO, Brooke Fox. He owns Ventory. So if you own a co-hosting business or a, not a plug, but a vacation rental, like properly licensed company like I own, he helped me double my unit number in one year. But of course, all the units were originally mine. So sure. this is my chapter. This is a picture from when I was in Bath. Just recently, I did a this for this book, I was in London for a launch, the book launch. And then this is like top 10 mistakes of, you know, what I learned in vacation rental. And we have a call about that next week. I'll po- be posting that on socials if somebody wanted to join. And then my book, which is passive investing, but that's what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about 
this TV stuff. This is a project I did, this dolly. I did like a little flip on a house that I own in Pigeon Forge. It's gone completely viral on TikTok. I have young people I hire that do TikTok for me. So it's got like half a million views in one day and 80 oh. comments, 25 direct bookings or some crazy amount. So yeah, I don't know. I'm just having fun, Jamie. I'm living life. I'm at a really good point where I just made some big changes. You know, like I traded in my car, got a different car. And then I like didn't, I kind of like I was had a place in Nashville that I was quote unquote living. Although I have a lot of places I bounce around between that people don't know about. Just I get sick of status quo really fast. I love, I thrive on change. Yeah. So, you know, I was living in Nashville, but my permanent residence will always be in the Smoky Mountains. And then now I'm I temporarily have a place in the Rocky Mountains where I'm going to buy some cabins and build a business. And this is where my significant other is. So that's kind of why I'm here, but I won't be here. I will still, you know, bounce around and see where life takes me and what I want to do. And and I just am able to set everything up passively or virtually and live the life by design. And I guess my life by design isn't like I want to do bucket list stuff or I want to, you know, just sit and spend time with my family. Being so entrepreneurial minded, it's not something that you can shut off. So I will be doing until I die, but I need... I did learn very recently that I need to be prioritizing sleep and water and food and just really taking good care of myself and just being, having the balance, which is really hard. Like, I'll go, 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 go. I say yes to almost everything. Like, if somebody wants an interview or a comment or a TV thing or a podcast, I say yes. If you say no, then the opportunity is probably gone. If you're trying to elevate your brand, there's a freebie. And so... You know, I'm like, I'll sleep later. I'll sleep later. I can't do that anymore. So yeah. what I've started to do, here's a tip for everybody, is block out weeks and say I'm on vacation. That's really hard to do when you're working as an agent. So I'm no longer actually going to be an agent shopping for properties. But I do have some agents that are better than me, like way better than me. Uh, so anybody's interested in Smokies, invest in the SmokyMountains.com. That's the company I created. We're going to be doing a lot more exciting things through there very, very soon for the market. But if you just fill out the little, in the right-hand corner, there's a little like email address. And then I think there's a contact form. It'll ask you to answer a few questions about like your sense of urgency and where you're shopping and all of that. And then somebody will call you probably same day, maybe next day, depending on your timeline. But there are deals in market that are, I'm shocked, are sitting. And it's just people are watching the news. I don't watch the news recessionary fear, interest rate fear, all of that. And so a lot of investors are like, whoa, okay, I'm out. And that's not the right way to do it. You got to work with somebody that knows the market that's also investing. I'm getting ready to start doing flips there to give you a hint. So mm -hmm. Thanks, Seth. I love it. Before I ask you the final question from the GoBundance card game, what's the best place for people to find? You've got a lot of different things. Where do you want to direct yeah. people to, to really, you know, the central place, if there is mm -hmm. one for you, where would you want them to go? I would say leslieannmorris.com or cabinladyleslie.com. Those are two websites right now. It's an auto redirect. You get the same information on both. But the cabinladyleslie.com will be where the bat branding is going to live and the TV show is going to live, probably, maybe, potentially. But I would say, yeah, just cabinladyleslie.com is the easiest thing because my middle name is funky. <laughs> so it's like spelled weird. <laughs> I love it. All right. The last yeah. question is the queen of diamonds. How's that for uh, ironic? Who yes. is who is your biggest competition and why do you respect them? 
Oh, wow. I don't know. Like people think they're my competition, but they aren't. <laughs> well, what about like the Avery Carls or the Rachel Gaines Brews? That's who comes to my mind. No way. Sure, Avery and our, I think there's probably competition there, maybe. I'm not sure. I mean, I she was my first agent, so she did my first deal for me. We did one deal together, and then I kind of pivoted and went in a different direction. I know they're great. They have short-term shop. It's awesome. Obviously, their masterclass is second to none. I'm not going to try to build a masterclass there unless somebody partners with me. I don't have time to do that. But Rachel, no, she's one of my close friends. Actually, she's the reason I did the media course. Uh, she kept pushing me and pushing me. She's like, lady, you've got you've got to get a handle on this. You've got to get this course out there. You've got to do that quick. And I was like, I don't have time to do that. I don't know how to do the technology. Like, I don't, I'm currently unlearning technology in my 40s. So I, and I didn't, I'm like, who cares about, you know, how you can go Google how to buy a cabin. Not a lot of people think like I do, though. And so then I was like, what should I do it on? And I started getting asked very recently about how I'm blowing myself up in the media and who's my media company. Well, I'm not currently paying any kind of retainer to any kind of media company. I'm doing this all myself through DIY PR. So happy to get you guys into the media course. But no, she's been really good. I mean, Rachel's awesome. Her story is incredible. She's doing some amazing things. And so, yeah, she saw me, she saw me post about it, like some little thing a few weeks ago. And she's like, I see you. I see you, girl, yeah. with the little eye emoji. It was really cute. And so I love her. She's amazing. And I hope that our paths cross more and more and more because I'd love to spend time with her and hear more about her story. She still remains, I think, one of the top 10 most listened to episodes that we've had. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's like that is crazy. Brandon Turner, Jesse Itzler. Brandon. Who else was up there? There's a third. Oh, Jesse, Sean Kingsley. Jesse Itzler came out. Jesse Itzler owns the Atlanta Hawks. You, you familiar with him or no? I know a, a little bit about a lot, so maybe, probably. <laughs> not a GoBundance guy. Sure. He was a keynote in an event. His wife is Sarah Blakely. She started Spanx, sold it okay. for a billion dollars. Yes. So, okay, yeah. that's how. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I don't know Sarah Blakely. I've never met her, but I do follow her on Instagram because she's a phenom, obviously. Yeah, yeah she's insane. But no, insane. it's. Yeah, it's there's so many cool people and players. And I think I'll say this if for anybody that's seeing me right now for the first time, but you think you've known me. I'm a little bit socially awkward. I usually am inside and I will go speak at a conference and then you probably won't see me networking very much. I'll be around the corner. I don't do good one on one. It's intimidating. Like I haven't been looking at your face. I'm looking somewhere at your mic, which is why I got distracted. I just don't. I'm in my I'm in my own head an awful lot. So I'm trying to get better about it. But the, some of the women like Mandy and Callister, obviously, she'll be like, what? You're bullshitting. Like, you're really good at one on one. I'm really not. I am a good actress. Because <laughs> <laughs> TV know, is good. I did yeah. a lot of TV in my past, too. I don't really talk about that either. But I have a lot of different stuff that I did as a kid. And I won't. That'll probably never come out. Uh, a few few show, shows, commercials. Whatever. But so, yeah, I mean, it's just. You, I gotta, I gotta feel like I trust you, and I gotta feel like you're genuine, or I'm probably not gonna approach you. And I pro maybe I won't even approach you if you, if you are those things. I had a woman call me that I've known like in her network for a while, and she's like, "You just came out of nowhere," and I'm like, "Well, I think it's because the TV stuff like kind of unlocked me a little bit more and made me realize that my story could help an awful lot of people." Yeah, no doubt. And you know, there's, I'm obviously being paid to start doing. TV stuff again. And so it's making me maybe a little bit more comfortable with doing this. And 
So that's maybe I, why. But I, yeah, I, 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 I don't. I don't talk bad about people ever. Even if you've done something to me that warrants it, I would never do that. But I will be honest. If anybody comes to me and they ask me about you, I will be extremely honest with them and tell them the entire truth of what you've done. And I'm not talking to any one person. I just, you know, I don't have enemies. I love everybody. Everybody is everybody. I will make friends with everyone. And even if you think that we had bad blood and we could never be friends, we can. We could be friends. So, a little cough there. I love it, <laughs> Leslie. No, this is great. Thank you for that. That was yeah. I love the vulnerability and opening up. And again, yeah. I could I wouldn't have been able to tell that one on one was uncomfortable for you. I thought it was great. So, no thank one you. will ever know. No there one you will go. ever know. <laughs> Keep a secret, Leslie. Yeah. And I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for doing this. Thank you so much, Jamie. I really appreciate it. <laughs>